Welcome to Coffee Talk with Liquid Shano 1973, an inspirational podcast about the ups and downs of life and everything in between. Here's your host, Shane Lakita. Hey, good morning, everybody. So, just wanted to share with you real quick, this episode that you're going to listen to here is a special one for me. It's another one of the interviews that I promised that I was going to be able to start to do with different individuals that I find, whether on the internet or in person or whatever, and my ability to be able to sit down with them to talk about life in general or whatever. This episode is an episode that was a lot about things like being a good dad or being a good husband or being a man in today's society and really being able to continue to push forward and be the best versions of ourselves and really continue to invest in others. His story is pretty amazing. A father of many children, some adopted, some regular, and it's just pretty amazing, the story itself. So I wanna share that with you as an intro to this episode here because take your time, listen to it. There's a lot of really good nuggets of some things that that he leans in on and he talks about being able to overcome adversity and be able to continue to move forward and then also give back and volunteer and all those things. So I really, really hope you enjoy this episode and this interview that I did with Jody and the ability for us to be able to sit down and just have a conversation and just have a really good session. And I felt so good after having the interview itself. I hope you do too. Enjoy it. I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you on Tuesday when I put out the next episode of uh, Coffee Talk with Liquid Shane of 1973. Have a great day. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Coffee Talk with Liquid Shane 1973. You guys all know me. I'm Shane Lakita. I'm your host. This is a, a multitasking, multiversion episode tonight of my podcast here where I'm on video, I got you on my YouTube channel, I got you on the Facebook page, but I'm also gonna have it on the audio version as well, so that way anybody can go back and tap into what I know is gonna be some great resources, good conversations that Jody, my guest tonight, Jody Cedric and I will be able to talk about, about everything in general. You guys know my podcast is all about life in general, ups and downs, overs, unders, unders, trials, tribulations, and everything. And this is going to be going to feed right into that piece of it as we have our conversation. So, Jody, welcome. Thank you, man. I'm uh, super excited to, to be with you tonight, man. Yeah, I should have uh, grabbed, should have grabbed my baseball hat. I know. <laughs> well, you know, I, this is my my look, I guess. You know, this is the thing that I've been doing for a while. So <laughs> whatever works, I guess. Yep. Um, you know, so here's the thing. So if anybody knows that Jody did an interview with me on his podcast uh, a little while back, it was probably about a month ago or so, maybe a little bit more than that. We did a uh, um, a podcast. He has a podcast called Father's Fire that basically I'm going to put it right down here for you guys to be able to see it. If you guys go into any of the platforms, you'll be able to see his podcast this is about Father's Fire right there. We're going to get into that a little bit, but it was great conversation. It was dialoguing about being a dad. It was all kinds of stuff. And I feel like we're going to probably talk more about that tonight as well, because I love being a dad. But Jody, here we go. Let's get things started real quick. Let's get things started with this podcast right here. Tell us a little bit about it. Tell us a little bit about you. Give us an introduction and we can kind of go from there. Yeah, no. So probably a little bit about me. I'm actually the oldest of eight kids. Wow. Um, and with one set of parents. And then my wife and I have been married for 31 years. And we have six kids, four of oh. which we had together. And then we adopted two from Haiti. 
Uh, so we have the unique experience of having kids together, but then having God bring kids into our family with through adoption. And that's a completely different experience. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh, boy. <laughs> completely different. You're bringing outside in and everything. Wow. How old were they when you adopted them? Uh, well, we started the process when they were four and five, and we got them when they were eight and nine. And the only reason why we got them was because of the big earthquake that hit Port-au-Prince yes. in 2010. And so in that. 2010, when the earthquake hit, any of the kids that were in process for being adoption, they rushed out under humanitarian aid. Um, and so we were... We got a call on a Monday and they said be in Miami on Friday. And so we had to get beds and clothes and reorganize wow. rooms, get hotels and plane tickets. And yeah, it was, <laughs> it was ready, set, go fast. It right was now. ready, set, go yesterday. <laughs> wow, man. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Now, how long were you in the process just for anybody? Cause I have a lot of uh, listeners that um that are trying to adopt and those kind of things and they're in the, this those processes how long did that process really take you and, and then of course when you found out it was pretty cool that you did but how long was that process for you well we actually were in it three years um and we were stuck in the first of four government agencies um and you know kudos to the the gentleman that runs the Foya de Sion um, orphanage. He's like, look, he goes, I could make it go faster, but I'm not going to facilitate the corruption that is in our country. I'm not going to pay the bribes. I'm not going to do that. He goes, I, that just makes it work worse. And it's contrary to what I'm trying to do in our country. Um, so I, you know what, we just, we took a lot of trips down there and helped with the orphanage. We helped build a huge orphanage that took Orphans, 300 something kids from three different locations, Leogan, Port-au-Prince, and one other one, and put them all into one house um, on a 10-acre lot, and they were able to grow their own crops and everything. So that was wow. a big project. So, yeah. yeah. So that was more like a humanitarian effort along with? Uh, trying to be able to adopt. It's like a whole kitten. Man, that, that, is, that is admirable, my friend. That is pretty awesome. That's incredible. Well, you know, it, you know, it just was we felt called to do that as a family and you know, we felt God pulling us that way. And we knew that we had kids there and um, you know, it, so we just, we just did what it took and just trusted that the man upstairs would open the doors when the time came and when they needed to be. So. That's awesome, man. You know, it's, uh, I know the process of adoption. Okay. So there's two prongs to this, right? One of them is the adoption process can be so daunting for a lot of people that are trying to be able to do it, the paperwork, the structure, the restrictions, all the guidelines and everything, um, whether it's out of the country or within the country, right? Like it's, it's all over the place. Right. And I know that I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of my listeners that I always tell them, be patient. If it's meant to be, it is meant to be, and it will happen when it happens. But the other part of it is the philanthropic side of where you're at, where you're humanitarian, you're helping this, you know, like you said, village, grow crops, different stuff that they have or in a house that they were living in. That's that's so admirable to me because I know it's something that I try to do with my son all the time is I try to take him volunteering, giving back, cleaning up different uh, areas, helping elder facilities, all the different things that we're trying to do to really teach that back. So I love that you said our family was called to this, you know, 
uh, and you were able to uh, execute on that and be able to push that forward. So that's pretty awesome, Jody. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned your son doing that with your son. Actually, how this kind of started was my wife was invited to go down to Haiti to help in one of the orphanages by a really good friend of ours. And I think it was her third trip. My son, he's like, hey, can I do something for the Eagle, for my Eagle project for the orphanage down there? And so he's like, look, I know they have to have shoes to go to school. So let me do a shoe drive. Mm. And then I'll also make book bags for him. So he learned how to sew and had all the kids helping him make these book bags. And midway through it, he's like, he came to me and said, dad, I'd really like to take this down to the orphanage. And so I said, I tell you what, I go, if you'll earn half the money, I'll pay the other half and you can go down. So that guy buckled down. He earned the money. I, you know, I doubled down and we ended up taking 26 huge totes of just stuff, you know, shoes and book bags. And what was cool was he went down with my wife and then when they came back, he sat down with me in the living room and he said, dad, I never knew we were rich. <laughs> and he goes, I recognize we're middle-class America, but I never realized from the world perspective, mm. we are rich. Yes. And it, it, it changed him. I mean, it, it totally changed his heart. It changed his perspective. It changed our family's perspective on what true poverty is. Yes. And, you know, it lit a, and he all already has that kind of kind heart. Yeah. It just lit that fire in him. It's like, I'm going to be the difference that I want to see in the world. That's incredible. I, I love that. You know, I, I, um, it's interesting. It was a two pronged thing for me. I went to, when I was in the military, I saw a lot of third world countries, a lot of poverty, a lot of places that I went to that, um, that when we saw it, I, I grew that appreciation very much for every blessing that I have whatsoever. It doesn't matter if it's anything from a clean glass of water to whatever it is that it's so scarce in a lot of these countries and a lot of these places that I know that when my wife and I, I had uh, through work, we had gone to Mexico a couple of years ago for an anniversary that we had done. And we went down for like our anniversary and it was really great. It was, you know, romantic and everything. And, and they took us out in town to go to this little, um, it was like a glass blowing place. It was a, a little facility that was off campus of the, of the resort. And we went out there and my wife decided to take pictures because she wanted my son who hadn't been anywhere like that my son to see some of the conditions that people live in where he, you know, as a 15 year old, the, 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 the lens is different, right? The lens looks up, we go, Oh, you know what? My life stinks or, Oh, it's really tough. It's really difficult. All those things. And for him to be able to see the conditions that others live in and how blessed we are with every single thing that we have from like, like you said, a, a, a pair of shoes that have good soles on them or a glass of water that's clean or even a snack that you want to be able to have at the end of the night. If you want to yeah. just go grab a piece of cheese or whatever it is, we're so blessed in so many ways. So I'm really glad and 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 I feel like you really were fortunate enough to be able to pay that forward to him and, and have him experience that. Yeah, you know, that that it just has been it has left a mark on his heart. It's left a mark on our family's heart. And yeah. obviously we have two kids, you know, from Haiti and from that effort. And it's just it's yeah, what I it, what I found is that listening to those pulls on your heart, mm -hmm. they can be really tough. Yeah. 
They can. They, they just straight up can be really tough. They can be heart wrenching. They can test your faith, mm-hmm. your fortitude, your love, and all of that. I mean, it's just, but they're, they're the refiner's fire that make you become the man or woman that God intended you to be. So, you know, embrace the journey and try to become who you were meant to be. No, that's awesome. I love, do you, do you feel that that's the reason that you go down the road that you've gone down with the positivity, with the, with the podcast, with, you know, even on TikTok with your positivity and the posts that you put about your kids and really kind of bringing that level to it? Or are you just more for fun or like, tell me a little bit about that. Is this what drove you to go this direction of the podcast and everything? Well, the podcast actually started. And the first question is I'm naturally a positive person. I mean, I love, you know, being with people. I love, you know, just engaging. I love, 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 love that. Right. But, um, about a year and a half ago, I was I was listening to a podcast between Bobby Berg, who hosts a podcast called Student Fire, and um, Sean Brassfield, that hosts a podcast called um, Young Fire. And they were talking about their horrible or lack of experiences with their father. Mm-hmm. And it was 30 minutes of heart wrenching, just raw emotion, frustration. And it actually, if I remember correctly, it was a two part series. And so I'm listening to this podcast and I'm going, man, that was not my experience. I had a phenomenal dad. I mean, yeah, we had our differences and we bucked heads and all that stuff, but my dad was a hundred percent engaged. He was a Navy man, you know, it, you know, got up to be an E7. And so we traveled, but, and so we were really drawn together as a family because we were always the new kids. Right. And so your really true friends ended up being our family. Right. Um, and then I've tried really hard to be a good father. I'm like, you know what, if I'm, if I'm successful at business, great. If I'm successful at any other thing, that's, that's icing, but I have to be successful as a dad. Yeah. And so as I'm listening to their podcast, I'm like, look, there is, we always hear about the lack of dads, the missing dad, the, the abandoned children and right. the single mom carrying the load. And I'm like, there has to be a story of men trying to be good fathers, to be good husbands. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to tell that story. And so I started out just telling experiences that I had with my father and with my kids. And then I'm like, you know what? There's got to be other men that are trying to do this. So let me try to find them. And so slowly I've been finding men like you, men like Joe Tang and and just going, hey, guys, let's have a conversation about our experiences as being dads, because what I found is it's easy to pontificate. But if I can tell you the journey that I went through, it's going to touch the heart in a way that me just getting up and preaching, be a great dad, be a great dad, rah, rah, rah. You know, that that doesn't work. No, no, I, I get I it. Tell you, you know, this horrible story, you know, or this great inspiring story, it's going to spark and it's going to ignite a fire within you to go, you know, what? I can be a better dad. I can be a better man. So. You know, it, I, I love that because for me, for the podcast, uh, I think I shared with you on your podcast that we did 
it started off as a solo act for myself. It really did. It was just me, a microphone, my diary. And I was like journaling out how I was feeling about weight loss, about being a better man, about being my best version, about really digging in. And it was all the ups and downs. It was all the, you know, this is what I'm struggling with. But what I found was, is when I start, just like you, when I started to really connect with other people, whether I brought them in through interviews or whether they wrote me emails or letters or cards or things like that, that we were able to start discussing things and have conversations. I felt like the connection was so much more fruitful and so much more organic and beautiful. Once I started to be able to connect the dots with other people, it's not just about my journey. Although I'm so humbled that the story that you share about your dad, about your dad and your being a father and me sharing a story about being a man trying to be able to grow up in this world and do whatever we have to do, all that stuff, although they are our story and they've inspired people. But I think it's when you really start to connect with people and converse and really have conversations and dig in and find out you can learn from everybody around you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and so I've already found that with you and Joe and other people that I've met on TikTok alone of these people that are just great dads that just literally like give everything they got to their kids. And I'm inspired by that. And I want to be a better dad because of it. So I, I totally get that piece of it. So it started off as a solo uh, act for you yeah. and then into this. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Started solo. And every once in a while, I'll have thoughts, you know, that I want to share just on me. So I'll do it like a midway, a midweek pro- podcast. What was really fun was in, in May, I had this idea. I was like, you know what? A lot of times we don't, um, in my opinion, we don't cherish the women in our lives oh, to I the know. level that they deserve. Right. Agreed. So, in May, I decided every single day in May was going to be Mother's Day May. And so I <laughs> invited a guest to, to be on the podcast and do a vi- and to do a video tribute. And that was a really cool experience because I found men that were that had the humility and the openness to go, you know what, this is how I'm feeling. This is why right. my wife's precious. This is why my wife's precious. That's rare. Men don't, men don't admit that. Men stuff. don't do that, right? Men don't do that. The funny thing was the June 4th, I think, or June 5th, somebody reached out to me and said, uh, Jody, um, we don't mean to call you on the carpet, but you didn't do the same thing for dads. Ah. And, and I... Yeah, and I had actually in, in, intended to do that, but it just, you know, time ended up working out where it didn't. So now I've made the commitment that next year, 2021, I'm going to do it for dads. That's outstanding. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think you and I talked about it. I made a joke about it. It was somewhere where I said that um, Mother's Day, they always talk about it. It's one of the highly spent holidays in the world. Everybody spends so much money on mom, flowers, gifts, and breakfast, and dinners, and and resorts, and all kinds of stuff. And then when it's Dad's Day, Father's Day, it's like a, hey, buddy, good job, man. Good job. Good job. Hey, here's some new oil for your car. <laughs> here's your barbecue and a wash mitt. <laughs> exactly. Go wash here's my car. Grill with. I'm like, come on, right? But my wife and I talk about it all the time because she really tries to invest in me as much as I invest in her, which is pretty amazing. But she's always yeah. like, listen, you give me the world when it comes down to Mother's Day and other days. You're always bringing flowers, always tree. So I, I want to talk about that for a second because I feel like that's so important. The part where you talked about the vulnerability, though, I have so many listeners of the podcast 
along with social media following and different people that I've had communication with and talks with of men in November, I do something called Movember. I think I might've, I don't know if I told you this already. I do Movember where what we were doing was, is we'd shave all of our beards and we would start to grow a mustache, Mo, a Movember, right? And the mustache was representation of one thing. It was one thing. So that way people would talk to me about, Hey, um, what's that all about? Why are you growing a cheesy looking gross mustache like that? Right. <laughs> Caterpillar on your lip. And then I would always spark the conversation. It's to raise awareness around prostate health, around mental health and around testicular cancer for, for men, right. Which are topics men don't talk about. We just, listen, we're tough as nails. We, we, we just rub some dirt on it. It'll be fine. We'll be all good to go. And we'll just keep moving on. But what I found even today, Jody, it was funny on, on one of my posts that I was talking about, Actually, it was on my uh, Facebook page. A a woman shared with me that she was too late in trying to talk to her dad about going to the doctors because I had said I had made a comment of go see your doctor, go get checked out. What are you doing, guys? Don't be so stubborn. And she said I was too late. I tried to I tried to get him to it, get him to it, but then we found out that it was too late and he died of cancer. And so I told her, I said, well, listen, that's a learning and you could share that story for other men because men need to hear that, right? The vulnerability of us being weak or considered to be weak is something that it's something that baffles me only because I'm open to that kind of stuff. But my father was a rigid man. He was just very much, (laughs) you know what I mean? So do you find that in the, in the dynamic of the people that you're fall, you know, that, that you're talking to or having conversations with that they fall kind of in that in alignment with that? Yeah, I think a lot of men really struggle with that. And um, and, I, and I think it's because, in fact, I was on this phenomenal um, podcast hosted by Damon Rich about six weeks ago. And we were talking about being vulnerable as a man. And one of the gentlemen, he actually said, you know, the problem I have is, especially in being vulnerable with my wife, is, is that somewhere down the road, she tends to use it against me. And so he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm writing this delicate balance of, I want to open my heart with you, but I need to be able to trust you with it. Right. And so I think a lot of times men don't feel like they, they can trust their true, raw, heartfelt emotions. Plus we've been taught, you know, buck up, be a man, you know, shove that off. You know, what what do you mean? Tears? Why quit crying, you big baby, be a man. Right. So, I mean, we hear all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I think it culturally is a problem. But I I do think that that's shifting, especially as, you know, from when you and I grew up, you know, that was very much so versus now it's like, you know what, it's okay, Ted, tell me what's on your heart. Let's let's talk about it. There's still a little bit of, yeah, buck up and, you know, be strong. Yeah. There, yep. There's still that, but I, but I think it has gotten better. And so, and, and I see it in my, my boys. I mean, my boys are far more emotionally open and I mean, yeah, they're, they're rugged rumble tumble boys and they'll yeah, get in their face, but you know, but they're very open, especially my oldest son. He's very tenderhearted. Um, and he draws the people that, and I call them the unloved right? The people in society that a lot of people dismiss or they push away, he draws them and he makes them feel special. He makes them feel loved and valued. And uh, so he's their champion. And and I love that. And I, I, you know, a lot of that I think is due to a shift in the way that we are seeing how men can be 
loving and kind and generous and gentle and nurturing, uh, which those in the past were feminine traits. Right. Yeah. Sensitive, right. sensitive, feminine traits. You know, uh, do you feel uh, so it's interesting because I've heard differing dynamics of kids nowadays. So my son, he's as tough as nails, right? He tries to be Mr. Tough guy and all the time. And, and I'm always trying to bring to the table that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to show emotion. It's okay to cry every once in a while. It's okay to do all that stuff. And, and he was, he's a straight edge, right? Straight edge. You know, I don't cry over anything, blah, blah, blah. And then when my dad passed, it was one of the first times we had an emotional moment where he was he started to break down a little bit. And I, I I tried to enforce it. Of course, then, you know, mom's coming to the, oh, are you OK? Is everything all right? And then aunts are like, oh, I love you so much. I love you so much. And I'm like, listen, let, he's having a moment of vulnerability. It's OK. Yeah. Don't, don't don't accentuate it to bring it up that way. So here's my my question for you, Jody, is do you feel that your kids, if you see that pendulum sh shift of what you're seeing of what kids are coming up as now and really uh, accepting that or embracing that? I think a lot of it does stem from the parents, right? I think it stems from you as their dad, right? To be able to show, hey, this is how I am, right? Because maybe yeah. you have made a shift. Maybe you've made changes. Do you feel that it's that way or do you just feel societal? It, it's just it's just kind of the way that things are moving now with kids or boys. I, I, I think it starts in the home. I think it yeah. starts with you as a dad. Right. I mean, yes, there is a societal shift that's more open to that. But I think at the core, it starts with you as a dad. And, you know, it's like I often tell my my kids, I'm like, I am not the perfect dad. Right. I, I make mistakes. And when I do, I come to you and I apologize. I mean, I mean, how many dads apologize in, in the city? You know, if you were raised in the 60s, oh. 70s, your dad apologized? No, I'm the dad. Do what I say. But, you Correct. know, forget. Correct. You know, and so I've been very open and saying, look, you know what? I'm sorry. I did not act the way I should have as a father. I mm -hmm. overreacted and apologized. And my dad, to his credit, he was really good at that, too. Except he would go off and he would go on long walks like yeah almost disappear Pull off some steam and, and you knew that, you know, it was here and he was feeling bad and he would come back and apologize. So it's kind of a legacy of my dad. And I've just said, look, I may not be the perfect dad, but I try to love you perfectly. Right. And I'm going to walk with you through whatever journey that you have, and we're going to figure it out. No, that's awesome. That I, I love that. I, I think I, I, you know, Similar, my dad probably wasn't the one that ever really admitted to his faults. He just didn't. That's just the way it was. Dad ran the roost, and that's the way it was. And the law was the law, and the rule was the rule, and yeah. this is the way it was. But um, he did it in other ways, in other fashions. You know, he invested in other ways, whether it was, hey, we'll go fishing, or hey, we'll go do this. It was his way of going, okay, I need to break down the wall a little bit and just go, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be that stubborn guy. But yeah. he did it more with actions than he did with words. So I yeah. understood that, and I was able to read that. Yeah, But I think as I've progressed as a dad, I've become more vocal with that, right? To tell my son that, hey, listen, my mistake. We had this huge fight yesterday, no lie. Yesterday, we had this big blowout. There's the middle of a hailstorm rolling through. There's all kinds of thunder and lightning. And my son wanted to go up there and practice with his football buddies up at the fields. And there's lightning everywhere. And there's like all kind of category five warnings, all this stuff. <laughs> and so my wife goes, she gets him up early and she goes, I don't want you going to the field. And he goes, but my, all the other guys are going up to the field. That's what I want to do. And we're trying to tell him, make smart decisions. Like seriously, let's just let, let it ride out. Let the storm go out. It's huge fight. He wouldn't listen. He wouldn't listen and all this stuff. Like so we got in a shouting contest and I'm in the middle of work and I'm like, look, what are you doing? He goes up to the field. They, they realize really quickly that it's not conditions to, to be up on the field. So they leave and they come back home. 
but I had to go down to him and I had to look at him and say, okay, I'm going to verbalize this because I need to say this to you that I apologize for raising my voice so loud with you, right? Like literally being in that moment of losing my cool. Yeah. But I also want you to know that you still do need to make good decisions. Like you need to start, you know what I mean? So it was a life moment, but it was also a, I need you to understand me as a dad is opening up to you and say, I'm sorry was something that my dad didn't do verbally. So I, I get exactly what you're saying that I think it could stem just from that. You know, it's pretty yeah. awesome. I mean, and, and here's the thing. I think a lot of times, you know, when I'm meeting with some of the men that I talk to, you know, they come from broken homes or they come from abusive dads, either right. verbally or physically or whatever. And, you know, they often say, you know what, I did not have the model. How do I find the model to mm -hmm. emulate? And I think a lot of times in their very core, they're trying to break the generational legacy that has come to this point. Right. And I think a lot of times they fear that they're not going to be able to break the chain and create a new legacy that will set a whole new series of events for his children and the grandchildren. And you really, really can from today change the cycle. You can be the change and you can set, you know, a whole new course for the generations to come. And it really just comes. And a lot of guys go, where do I start? I'm like, look, first of all, try to be the dad that you always wanted to be. Right. I mean, because you're going to know in your heart, what you miss, what you were yearning for, what, you know, oh, you just at the core wanted. So be that dad mm -hmm. and then hang out with other good dads. If call me, I'm, I'm glad to talk to you and let's just work through it. And together we'll become the best dads possible. No, that's awesome, Jody. I, I love that. I you just got me thinking. Like I love that. I love when I'm in the middle of a podcast. I'm talking to somebody that gets my gears going. And I like that a lot. That's pretty awesome. So you have how many boys and how many girls? I have four boys and two girls. Four boys, two girls. If anybody follows him, I, I'm putting his links down on TikTok, Instagram, and other places. Jody posts videos of him out on the boat where they're out there as a family and they're the funniest, most amazing things. Cause it just looks like a really good family unit where everybody's together. You're out there having fun up on the shoulders, doing some boarding, everything else. That, that's your, that's your glorious moment, my friend, isn't it? I mean, that, that literally, it, it, day, it's really a lot of fun. In fact, last night I was trying to figure out how to go live so people could watch us playing um, Uno. Or yeah. spoon. I mean, because we are extremely competitive. Oh, everybody's We're, at it. There's a lot of laughter. There's a lot of, you know, throwing down the smack. And uh, in fact, I, I did capture a little video of my son all of a sudden celebrating, breaking out in a twerk. And everybody was like, what is this? Right. And so what you see is really authentic. I mean, it is I our family. It. And it's just, you know, we just have a lot of fun. And Part of my goal is, it's like, I think a lot of people, they, a lot of dads struggle with how to play with their kids. Yeah. They're yeah. all business. You know what? I'm the dad. I got to make a living. I go to work and I do all those things, but they forget what it's like to be a kid. Yeah. And what I found is that kids enable you to be a kid. You just got to get past your own pride and go, all right, let's go try that. Mm. Let's go do it together. Let's have I some love fun. That. I Let's love that. Joe, 
Joe and I were talking about the other day where we said I was I, I said something to him and it stood out to him. I can usually tell when Joe uh Joe Tang has these moments where he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I get it. I said to him, um, you have to be you have to open your eyes wider to be able to accept the things that are going on around you. As a dad, what do we have in our uh, in our repertoire? What do we have in our on our agenda? We got bills, we got job, we got, you know, mortgage, we got electricity, we got all these things we're trying to be able to do, ah, blah, 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 trying to be able to get it. I'm the man of the house. We got to keep on working. Let's go. When in all actuality, if you just open your eyes a little bit and see the blessings that you have in front of you that are different experiences and different personalities and different all the different things that are going on instead of looking at it as like a burden look at it more like this is this is amazing like i can yeah. learn from them and, and and dive into it i learn more from my 15 year old son than probably anybody else right now more so because he keeps me up to date on all the new new trends and everything else but at the same time as he's asking me questions i'm like wow man you know we, we start to dig in and I, I try to take him out we usually try to go like once every saturday a month just between the two of us We'll go to breakfast. Just the two of us sit down. He gets this big waffle that's about, or not a waffle, but a pancake that's the size of his head, uh, chocolate chip pancake. <laughs> there, and we just talk about everything. And I tell him, I say, listen, you're 15, but here's the thing. You can use whatever language you want to use. You can say whatever you want to say. Let's go. You and me, it's our time. I don't want no moms, no aunts, no nanas, nobody. Let's go. Just you and me. And and it works. And he's yeah. like, teaches, teaches me stuff every day. So to your point, Jody, I think, dads they don't they, it's another vulnerability side right they don't want to they don't want to accept the fact that they can have fun with their kids but when they do have fun with their kids it's the greatest experience in the world it really is it brings Absolutely. you back to your youth and you feel yeah. like i've hit the fountain <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's 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 just so much fun and and i really think that if you foster and you can foster an environment of fun and playfulness, but also respect and of love and also being able to work together. I mean, it's funny because uh, about a couple months ago, Christian came up to me, my second son. He's like, dad, you know, one of the, one of my favorite memories is when we went over and helped Joe Christensen tear down his old shed and rebuild a new one. I'm like, really? That was one of your favorite memories. He goes, yeah, it was great. We were able to, you know, pound that wall down and you know yank yank things down and then rebuild it it was awesome and so i think you know you really got to have the balance of teaching your kids a good work ethic and working side by side with you not yeah. just demanding they go be the slave right and then taking time and playing and and you know did doing that, blow that your mind it. did that blow your mind that that was his number one memory like like when you think about it like he's like yeah. that was it wow, was one, yeah. it surprised me that that was one of the key ones that he remembered. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Because I, I he, my son said the same thing to me about one of our volunteering efforts. We went over to Peaks Island in Maine and we went over to go work at a elderly facility. We built their garden boxes for him. And so all the elderly folks were sitting outside and they were watching and they were rooting us on and they loved him. And he was having conversations with him. He's sitting there, he's bringing food out to him. And we're building these boxes that they know they can be self-sufficient and have tomatoes and, and all these different uh, things. And he said to me pretty recently about how that was his number. Like out of all the things that we've done over the last few years, it was the most heartwarming and heart. Like he felt really good after doing that. And so to your point, I wouldn't have thought that because I thought I'm just bringing him along on his volunteering thing. Let's yeah. go but he loved it. That's so cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, love it. That's crazy. So it is. All right, man. So 
we've already gone. I had a couple questions that I had set up for myself that I was going to ask you about why you do the podcast. And you've already kind of gone into that, which is really great. Here's my question for you, Jody. You're, you're, you're a super positive guy. You've got all these things that you, uh, you know, try to bring to the table. You're a good dad. You got all these kids, you got everything else going on. You've got a podcast about being a dad. Tell me about what your inspiration is. What inspires you to do this, right? So if you have an inspiration of what you want to be able to accomplish or maybe a person that inspires you or anything like that, tell me a little bit more about the windings of where you're at, Jody, and, and why, why you do what you do. You know, that that's a really, really good question. Um, and my wife often talks about what is our why? Mm-hmm. Why, why are we pulled to do these things right and and i just i honestly at the core i just feel a pull to be a voice for being a good father to being a good husband to be you know it's like i've worked with so many men over over the years either in church or in school or whatever you know at work or whatever and i think a lot of men are trying but sometimes they just don't have, as I said earlier, they don't have a good model. Right. And a lot of, and I've shared this story on my podcast, but I remember one years ago I was working, there was this young couple that I was working with and they had two little, I mean, two littles. One was probably nine months and one was like 18, two years. I mean, so they, and they were really close together and he was, they, they were kind of having some friction as a husband and wife. And one of it centered around, you know, making time for each other and being intimate and stuff. And he said, Jody, I'd really like you to come over and talk to us. So I'm like, all right, I'll come over. And so I, I go over there, I knock on the door and he says, Jody, come in. And so I open the door and he's sitting on the couch and he's playing Xbox or PlayStation, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a a baby at his feet that has a rank, I mean, rank, rank diaper. Yeah, yeah. And there's a baby in a high chair that's crying. And the one's kind of fussing. And his wife's just around the corner cooking dinner. And I said, what are you doing? Because, well, man, I was tired, man. I'm just, you know, unwinding. I'm like, and your wife's not tired? Right. No, she's I'm in like, there cooking. I go, dude, she's in there. I went in and I went, can I help you? She was, oh man, that'd be so great. So I grabbed the baby out of the high chair and I was feeding him, you know, and I went back and I talked, talked to this, this gentleman. I said, look, you come home, you jump on the Xbox and your wife is dealing with two kids that she's been dealing with all day and she's in there cooking and you come down and plop your fat butt on the couch and you expect her to be intimate at 10 o'clock when you're in the mood, it ain't going to happen. No, sir. No, sir. So so I've had these experiences where I'm like, look, guys, we can be the men that our husbands, uh, we can be the men that our wives hope for and that we dream that they dreamed of, Mm -hmm. but we've forgotten how to pursue them. I I love that. You're so right. It's like, Dude, what are you doing to pursue your wife today? I'm 31 years into it. Judy and I still have date night every weekend. Love it. You got to do it, right? And so, so I just, I just feel this pull to say, look, guys, we were meant to be more than just bring home the bacon, guys. Mm-hmm. We are meant to build a family together with our wife as co-partners in every aspect. Yep. 
and let's enjoy the journey while we're doing it. <laughs> oh man. You, yeah. Now you, I know your podcast is called father's fire, but you're spitting fire. My friend right now. That's what I love. I love because there is a lot of truth to that. You and I talked about it last time around the fact of I've been married to my wife now for 20 years, not 31. Like you, like you are, man, it's great. Fantastic. But even at 31 and even at 20, you have to keep it fresh. You got to keep things moving forward. You have to still show interest. You've got to still work at those kind of things. Even if you're together for 31 years, listen, there are some days when you're looking at each other going, listen, I don't even want to be in the same room with you right now because seriously, <laughs> really? Right? But at the end of the day, at the end yeah. of the day, I love, I love the concept of what you're talking about, where we can be the men that we're meant to be by working at it and putting an effort. It's a yeah. little effort goes a long ways. But we don't do we, we put effort into things like our jobs. We put effort into things like making money, effort into those kind of things. But we don't put an effort into your relationship. No wonder why the average divorce rates like 50 to 60 yeah. percent of marriages out there because it ends. It just goes away. You stop investing in each other. In fact, that was my next question to him. I actually said, I'm like, when you guys were dating, if I remember correctly, she lived 45 miles away in the neighboring town out east of here. If she called you on a Friday night and said, Hey babe, come see me. You would have gotten in your truck and drove the 45 minutes, spent <laughs> yep. two hours with her and then drove home. And right. then you would have, um, you know, had a great time about it. Now you can't even walk around the corner to open the, the, nope. the refrigerator to stuff some food in your baby. Yep, exactly. My my wife my wife said to me the other day, Jody. My wife said to me the other day. She looked. She walks over to me. And my my hair was getting all. My the beard was all crazy. It was all over the place. She said to me. She just hinted on the side little note. She said to me. She goes. I saw a picture of you the other day on Facebook that I really liked it when you when you trimmed the beard down and you got a nice little you know nice lines going. And I said, oh, okay, that's great. I walked away. Five minutes later, I'm up in the bathroom. Zip zip. I'm I'm shaving all up. And I walk right downstairs and she goes, all right, that's what, I'm talking about. that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You got to make the investment. You got to make, whether it comes to dads, whether it comes to husbands, whatever it is, we have an obligation and a duty to ourselves as men to do the things that we're supposed to do and be the best version of ourselves and keep working at it. It takes work. It takes, it's not easy. Listen, if it was easy, you could literally, I, I, everybody would be doing it. Right. But they're not. And so you have to you have to work at it sometimes. and You got to be able to push through some of those things. So I appreciate that very much. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Jody. Well, listen, um, I think I'm uh, I think I'm all out of questions right here around the around the podcast and around this part of it. What I love about it is, is I just wanted to bring you on because I feel like a lot of the listeners on my podcast are men. And I, I used to be, to be honest with you, when I first started this podcast, I was probably about 95, 96% women and about four or 5% men. But what I found is, is that a lot of the women that listen to the podcast would then let their husbands, hey, listen to this podcast for a moment. He talks about some of the things that you're relating to and losing weight as a man and trying to be able to be vulnerable and be the best version and all those things. And what I love about it is, is that I've grown a following with that. But I feel that this part that we're talking about right here it's so very important. It really is because if you can invest in yourself to set yourself up for success, wh whatever field that you're trying to be able to get into, whether it's a dad, father, brother, uh, whatever it is across the board, and you invest in yourself, the the uh, 
the return on that investment is so grand and so beautiful and so amazing when you finally feel that way. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so great. Yeah. And, and it ripples. It, it's, it's interesting because you really don't see the impact of what you're doing today. Today, you see the minutia, you see the valley, you see the hard, you see all that. And then all of a sudden you, you blink and your kid's 12, you blink again and they're off to college. Right. And then you're seeing who they've become and you're like, wow, Judy, you and I had something to do with that. Yeah, it's mostly them, but we had a small piece and you start to see the ripple effects of those years of just being dedicated to each other and to your kids. It makes a huge difference. It really does, man. Well, listen, Jody, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you being on my podcast. I appreciate you having me on yours and I'm looking forward to more in the future. You know what I would love? Yeah. Here's my idea. I would love to be able to have me, you, uh, Joe. Here's another one. I just posted a comment. I don't know if you could see it down below. Wes, he also has a podcast that he's doing that he's all about success and trying to be able to do it. We can bring a bunch of our voices into one room, all dads, all all husbands and everything else, and have this forum and great conversation. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, it'd be awesome. I'm all in. Let me know when. <laughs> all right, Jody. Well, listen, thanks for being on the podcast. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast and watching the video. You guys know where to find me. And one more part, I'm just going to put it up here real quick, just for Jody's sake. If you want to check out his podcast, you can go to any of the platforms that you uh, you have podcasts on. Look for Father's Fire, Fire spelt with F-Y-R-E. In the podcast itself, I'll put a link right down there to his podcast so you can go check it out, get some people, get some ears on it, get, get some uh, good traction with his uh, podcast over there. He does really good stuff. So, Jody, I appreciate you and thank you. Well, thank you. It's been super, super fun. And I always love the conversation. So awesome, man. All right, guys, we'll talk later. See ya. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please do us a favor and leave feedback and a five-star rating on whatever platform that you use.